the beginning we say, beginning we don't say, flush, flush the toilet. Where you come from? Why are you And welcome to another episode of the Crappy Awesome Podcast. It's your host, Kill C. Ray. Man, I'm here kind of with my uh, co-host a little bit, Hip Hop Eddie. He's here. <laughs> He's hanging out. You know what I mean? We're in the 60 East compound. Hey. If you guys are listening to this on anywhere podcasts are found, go over to platformcollection.com right now. See all the cool stuff we got going on from events to new music, new podcasts, new shows. Things are popping right now over at PlatformCollection.com. Go there now. Tell a friend. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram and all the all the grams, all the instas, all that good stuff. The tweet, the tweeties, the Twitterverse. Follow us on all that shit. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a great year so far. We're back to uh, weekly episodes. This is actually the first episode that we're back into weeklies again um thank y'all for wanting that that's dope that it could be worse i guess (laughs) y'all could just like not want that at all that would i'm sure we would feel that as well but yeah man it's been a great year we um recently got to do a festival hosted by um our guest today called uh the happiness of pursuit festival thought fest for um short actually i said it last night and somebody was like said, said did you say thought fest and i was like no should have really thought out the name better yeah well i mean i it, i can't it, it is now it is what it is now. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah man and it was an amazing event greaves ob trice uh blueprint uh fashan tumex reverie to name a few like uh it was just an amazing night of what it it seems to me, at least in my opinion, I'm pretty convinced like it's the next big indie hip hop uh, festival. It's uh it's well on its way. The the talk amongst the industry is that for sure. So that that's always a really cool thing when people are looking forward to it every year and they get excited about it. And it seemed to like go up a whole new level just on the second year. Which is, you know, for anybody who's ever done any type of organizing or business or, you know, startup, that going up the second year, like a big jump is a very hard thing to do. Like, usually it moves incrementally and it's over a longer period of time. And this was able to jump up like considerably just by, uh, I'd say even like by um, branding wise, right? Like that for sure was way better this year. Um, it seemed like I was hearing about ThoughtFest all year. You know what I mean? Leading up to it, it seemed like there was like at least talk. And then once the rollout started happening, I mean, they, it was a. I I think I searched the hashtag and it was crazy. Like it was it was everywhere. Yep. Um. But yeah, our, our guest today is the founder of that festival. Um. And I mean, he's actually the person who's executing the festival with help from staff. Um. And he's on the show today. That's 60 East podcaster, rapper, pimp, uh, <laughs> neighborhood hustler, fugitive at times. <laughs> but he's on he's on the show, man. Welcome to the show, brother. What up, bitches? Almost famous, working with the legends. Got booked for a show named next to Kendrick's. Feel some type of way when the fans in my mentions and they tell me that they love me. My music and my message. Shout out to the fans. Voted me my city's best. And I threw my own show at South by Southwest. Still in the hood, but put away the pistols. I'm heading to Atlanta. I'm A3C official. Living my dream. Can't even imagine this. Backstage smoking weed. Sitting with cannabis. Fans going crazy. Asking where the album is. And I just took a flight. Sitting next to Alchemist. Toward the West. With Joel Ortiz. And I just came home from a tour overseas. They know my name in London, Barcelona, and Madrid. And I never thought I'd make it this far as a kid. But we ain't there yet. But we almost there. The fans make us feel like we almost there. 
On a plane in the air, dog, we almost there. We ain't make it yet, but we almost there. We ain't there yet, but we almost there. The fans make us feel like we almost there. On a plane in the air, dog, we almost there. We ain't make it yet, but we almost there. Starting to feel like a rapper, every night is a movie. And I thought that I made it when I started fucking groupies. Life gets crazy when your dreams come true. Did the red tour with game and a song with blue. They ain't think I would make it, was expected to fail. But it's cool, I just got a royalty check in the mail. They all thought that the kid would be dead or in jail. But every album I drop, I see it up in sales. But we ain't make it yet, dog. We still in the basement. But at least I got my own Pandora station. Ain't got time to hear what the haters are saying. Used to rock for free, and now they pay me to play. Never thought I'd get this far. Rhyming words was in the Twin Cities, sat and bought lunch for MERS. Got people I grew up with thinking I'm famous, and they all come up saying we made it. But we ain't there yet, but we almost there. The fans make us feel like we almost there. On a plane in the air, dog, we almost there. We ain't make it yet, but we almost there. We ain't there yet, but we almost there. The fans make us feel like we almost there. Yo, man, um, like, let, yeah, let's get your thoughts right off the bat. Like, uh, this year's Slot Fest. This is kind of like the, the show review. Yeah, hell you yeah, let's I mean? do it. So, um, uh, Let's start off your day there. Like, what what time did you arrive to the venue? We were in Ontario, California, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, six a.m. Six a.m. Six seven. So when you when you show up, what part of like the infrastructure is already set up? Luckily, this year we built the stage the day before. Gotcha. So like last year, that was one of the big things was building the stage the day of that put us back a couple hours. Uh, okay. So this year we did all the tents, all the all that shit the night before. So once we got there, we didn't have to set nothing up. Uh, again, this year, like I was able to hire one of my friends to do the vendors. Mm-hmm. So usually I get there early so I can help start loading in the vendors and all that. But I had my guy there, so he was taking care of that. Yeah. So I was basically just like facilitating, helping um with like Greaves' and sound check and so all that. So the actual building, like the structures, yeah. right? Because there's vendor structures. Uh, there's a place for, um, and that's various sizes, right? There's also, uh, setting up the sound, all that, like, yeah. was, what was, what did that look like? Was that you guys physically doing that? Not me. We have, uh, the company that builds the stage and gotcha. the sound. It's the same dude. Uh-huh. Um, same guy from last year. We had built a relationship with him. He liked what we're doing. So yeah. we kept, kept in contact. So he's setting up the sound. The stage is already set it up, but he's setting up all the speakers, and then then he's got to do the sound check, yeah. and the line check, and all that shit. Getting the house DJ right, and then Greaves is loading in because he has like his whole stage plot or whatever. Yeah. So he's setting up his equipment. He does his mic checks and all that shit. And uh, like venue, like for the vendor, because um, you basically just gave out spaces, right? Was that it? Yeah, well, we load in vendors, and then for us, the only uh-huh. things we got to set up is, like, the food, the bar, the press tent. Gotcha. The uh, rest area. Right, and, right, like, right. Just yeah, because everybody this, else like, brought their Yeah, the house shit. This place. So, yeah, every other vendor has to bring their own tents and all that. Gotcha. But there was 37 vendors. And that, think about every vendor, and there's only two driveways, so right. every vendor wants to pull their car in, unload, and then pull out, and then there's food trucks coming in and out, and then so... The first thing we did was uh, the first hour of setup was food trucks. Yeah. So I was like, I told all the vendors come at eight, and then I was like, food trucks arrive at seven. So between seven and eight, it's like, all right, food trucks, so they can get the fuck out the way. Yeah. And then from eight to like ten, it's like, all right, all the vendors come and start setting in, and it, it sounds a lot easier. It's just like load in, and like people are probably imagining a big space, but it's fairly a small right. s- square space. Right. Right. So right. then there's like. Certain cars are coming in, and it's like certain cars are on standby because there's no room to come in. And so people... you have to do like traffic control, yeah, and all that. But shit. luckily, yeah, I had my man do that. Dope. So like that last year was already like fuck. It took my stress levels like ten yeah, percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then everything else. So but what like, are you what are you doing at this time? Kind of just going around tying up loose ends, and yeah. So I'm still kind of helping uh-huh. because like he'll be on the other side like setting up a vendor, and then I'll be at the entrance like all right, just hold off until the vendor guy comes. And then on top of that, like helping Greaves with whatever they need and getting the sound lo- sound check and all that. Was he the only um, headliner that? Uh, yeah, that he needed to like check in because he all that. he had like equipment, had, his DJs, right, and all right. That. And then I think he was using like earpieces. Yeah, they they had, had their whole their yeah. whole setup. That's dope. 
they had like live instruments they needed to check and all that. Yeah, he was very very impressive. Like just yeah. all around, like as a dude, like as a as a um, performer, super talented on stage. Um, and his cardio. We were talking about his cardio. We were <laughs> Crazy. Like, that's fucking. He's skinny as shit, yeah, though, well, man. That's he why. Fucking... That's what I was like. Well, he he's could, not uh, carrying around a lot of weight. He could hula hoop through a Cheerio. Yeah, dude. He's like, he's still far from the the dad bod. Yeah. So he's, sure. he's got a long time. Um, okay, so as the doors open, right? Doors open, things start to run. What are like some of like the major hiccups you start to like? What are, what's the first major hiccup of the day? Uh, let's see the fucking, um, I had like, there's a crew called open canvas and uh-huh. they throw like poetry and they, they basically were running the inside of the venue and like oh, right okay. away he hits me up and he's, they're going to be like an hour late. And I'm like, oh. all right. So he's like, we got to skip the industry panel that they were going to do and got like you. something else that they were going to do. So then they arrived late. Second hiccup would probably be the, uh, the B boys. Yeah. Cold started told no, no call, nothing just never showed up. Wow. Never came through. That shit never ceases to amaze me. Yeah. That's something we'll talk after. Like, yeah, yeah, after yeah, yeah. A little bit, but yeah. Um, what else happened? Somebody so that's already canceled. started. So, okay, so like actual acts that are on the bill. No, luckily all the acts were on point. Okay. Nobody showed up late. Nobody, nothing. But the B-boys were the ones that just. B- luckily, but they're on the side stage. Or they whatever. were on the side stage. Um, and they, just, they were just a no-show altogether. Yeah, so that was a hiccup. Again, the sound between the main stage and the side stage. Right, right. Because poor positioning on my on my part or whatever. Yeah. Stage was close to the side so, stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was, was like conflicting a conflicting sound. A production, um, like B Boy, uh, I think there was gonna be a battle. The, yeah, it was right? the the producer battle going on. Right. And so and then that was what it was was it it was just positioned close to the stage and like the acoustics of the day, they bleed over. So yeah. so people like walking through the venue might not know exactly like which one's coming from i know like when i was standing next to the production i couldn't hear the main stage but literally as soon as you just walk right past that yeah. part all you heard was the main stage and so that that's the idea too because yeah. festivals are like that there's every yeah. little fucking 10 feet you go every there's its own music yeah, yeah, and yeah. like the thing that the conflict was with the fucking sound guy right one of them is like super old and anal and he's like hey man they're fucking i can't Makes the fucking vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's throwing me off. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So we had to fix that. Yeah. Okay. And then, so as the as the day starts going, what do you? I mean, because I think I'd see you. And keep, I, I was keep, just my bad to cut you off, but yeah. keep in mind that like I got fucked up towards the end of the night. Right. So it's still kind yeah, of a, yeah. Well, everything's kind of a blur, but I'm getting flashbacks. Of I'm everything. only going up to like <laughs> where I knew you were like still coherent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. At a certain like. We'll give the ending right now. The ending was Greaves comes on, he kills it. It's amazing. <laughs> Reverie, two Max, sixty. Everybody kills like the last part of the show. Comes. It was. It was like, like, like your first time flying a plane, and then like you were able, but the the landing was just like nice and smooth. Everybody's like, oh, like where they give the the they give him a clap and shit, like the pilot. But but during the day, so like during the day, and this is. It's it's dope because I know people like to hear like the actual things that happen, like were backstage you, and the behind right, the scenes, right? Were you were you um, as far as like the the acts going on? Did you feel like did you feel like everybody was um, how would you say like did you feel like you had enough? Did you feel like oh man, I would have liked to see more acts? Like what what? Like, where were you with that? I feel it was a good amount. Yeah. Because um, you, you pretty much had it, for, so people know, like, it was almost from, what, like a half hour? It was like 12, 12.30 to, yeah. to like 11. Right. That that, that there were music. at least some sort of performance or, or yeah. like a musical presentation going on. Yeah. Right? Because there was that band, yeah. the bra- that brass band. What were they called? Top Shelf Brass Band. Yeah, yeah. They were amazing. Lit. They were super stupid. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking dope. Um. Okay, so then you get to, like, as it's starting to go, what are you doing? Because, like, I think I saw you, I mean, I, I saw you time time to time, like, just walking <laughs> through or running to somewhere. Or are you, as the day goes through, like, what are you doing throughout the day? Like, what is it? Are you just, like, I'm the anything guy? Like, I'm trying to remember. No, yeah. Um, yeah, basically, like, whatever needs you know, I'll just walk around and see something's fucked up. If I see a trash can full, yeah, yeah. 
I'll go tell the trash lady, like, go clean that shit up or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, luckily, this year there was more staff. Last year, I would have been the motherfucker taking the trash out, you know? Right. What was that? Sounds like it's replaying. Oh, okay. Now I see. You guys almost got a, a peek of the Curtis King interview. You don't get none of that right now. Um, <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah. So, so throughout the day. You're... Oh, yeah, yeah. So towards the end of the night, it was like my job to take care of the headliners. But like during the day, it was more just like facilitating and make sure everything's running smooth. And like introducing who needs to introduce. And yeah. like filling in gaps of like, you know, every job had like a person assigned to it but that person would still have questions and they'd be like all right let me go ask 60 and then i'd have to right right gap or whatever right because you you're putting together because you were basically you just put together a team for to try to execute everything right and so even at that point like you're probably the most experienced one on the team yeah so either way people still are going to defer to you yeah 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 because i saw i saw a few up like i saw a few instances where like they were like, find 60. Like, like there's this thing that needs to happen. Quick, yeah, find yeah. 60. <laughs> like, fools were running around and shit. But, yeah, it was... Man, I think overall, like, it's one of the the things, I think, like, when you have an event that you execute with a level of quality, um, it becomes, like, the talk of like the you know of the community of the industry like really quick if you execute it well yeah right and it got me thinking about like how you know you know how it is like we'll hear other promoters or you we've heard of other promoters who are just like yeah like that's a there's no way to do that there's no way to do like a festival it's it's, there's no future in that blah 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 right but it's really just lack of execution like it's a poor execution right right and it's 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 interesting to like when you see it go over successfully, it's it's a like the qual- people buy into that shit, man. Like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like my thing is it yeah. it's it's essence. Like yeah. it's artists throwing a festival for other artists. Right, and right, like right. that, you're always gonna get the real shit. And yeah. like you got a lot of these other festivals where it's some random motherfucker with money who's not necessarily right. part of the culture. He just wants to spend his money on shit that he likes or these or big, sell sponsorships or whatever, right, or yeah. the or these big corporations that are just trying to tap into the demographic or whoever they're trying to sell to, and they're just put whatever lineup together of the right. top hundred artists that are hot right now. Right, boom, put them on a fucking island and charge fucking a thousand dollars and yeah. just kill it like that. But like, I think like smaller organic things, like people know that it's real. Like, yeah, but you. One of the things I, I think I talked to you about, and I, and I just remember when I talked to you about this over at a, um, at the festival, I, I told you I wanted to talk to you about this. Like, the price point, yeah, on the ticket didn't go over what twenty five. The tick, the doors were twenty five, so it stayed at twenty five. Yeah. Wow. So okay, and then I think I told you like I had just seen you know I, I'm. I don't want to name the act, but I had just seen an act advertised in San Diego and it was one act um, and like a couple local openers and it was like $35 yeah. and it was at a small bar and um, like there was nothing special, like nothing more was given. And, and I understand like my, hey, if you can get your money, get your fucking money. But it's definitely like I... The value of hip hop is fucked up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Like people have it so fucked up, and they base it on so many different things. Because, like, at the end of the day, you know, it's the fucking market, right? Like the market speaks. You can fucking have a discussion with the market. You could disagree with the market, but the reality is the market is is fueling all of this. But it's but to find like a more of a niche market or a market that cares or a part of the market that cares takes more work you know what i mean like you could just do like try to get an investor and just do i'm gonna do who's ever the most popular person yeah get my money and be out right but you're literally curating quality yeah you're curating quality of what you want on you on your show and you're also curating like um it's there's a certain palette 
You know what I mean? Like your your taste, <clears throat> you're putting thoughts into like I know like when I see okay Obi Trice is there fucking Blueprint like there's there's certain acts where you're like yo this is how else would I see this? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like how else would I get to see this artist in this type of venue doing these things? And I it's it's crazy to me that. And I think there's it's just a matter of time before the entire community kind of wakes up to this. But this kind of thinking and this kind of event is the only thing that's going to save the industry. Yeah. Because if not, the only people who will ever eat are the people at the very top of the charts, period. Because it's the moment you drop out of that part, who's booking you? Where are you going? Who's thinking about like the meaningful part of your art and trying to place you into a situation so that people appreciate your art. I was just uh, watching the interview with Chang Weisberg, yeah. founder of a Gorilla yeah, Union, Gorilla like Union. Rock the Bells and all that. And he said, there's more there's more brain surgeons than there is people trying to reunite a Tribe Called Quest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or trying to book it's a Tribe Called true. Quest. And that made me, that I wrote it down and I put it like at, at my office and it's right there. Just like, I just look at it every day and it's just like, that's the reminder of like it how is. important this thing is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it is like, that's what... Uh, myself and Kali, when we were watching like some of the acts, we were like, "Man, it's super important to have an event like this because how do you, how do you give an artist who isn't necessarily on the top of the charts or who doesn't even have like an interest of being on like the popular charts? They're trying yeah. to speak to a certain audience. How do you give them relevance and and let them have things like it, it's interesting, man? Like." Like this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like the history behind it. You know why we started it. Our whole belief was like, how do artists at the levels of of artistry that we're dealing with get to have us an actual sit down and talk yeah. their their minds for hours? How do you do that? You have to create that because the level above them is never going to give them that, yeah. right? And they need to practice, right? And your festival, right? is is now at this higher level but it's still giving the opportunity to artists who may not ever have a chance to get on a, like a normal festival yeah. right and they can go there and prove right that they that they can draw fans that they have an audience you're showing like you're giving artists a chance to like embrace their like relevance with their own audiences yeah. right cuz if without the venue without a booker it's it's hard. It's a huge opportunity too. Yeah. And like I, I wanted to make sure to tap into this, but like I don't owe nobody nothing. Mm -hmm. Like I don't it's not my job to fucking give somebody right. a, a good opportunity right. or give somebody an audience or a chance. That's not even especially, necessarily the business. And especially somebody that like has never offered me nothing, has never liked my shit, has never supported me as an artist. Or yeah. Just, you know, whatever the case may be, but I don't think, like, a lot of, like, the opening acts, like, I I, I was watching all of them, like, certain people, how they acted when they got the opportunity or whatever. Mm. Some people, like, used the shit out of it, like, yo, to complete advantage. Other people Absolutely. were low-key bashing and talking shit, and it's like, okay, right. you're never going to be on the show again. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I feel like a lot of the, like, some of the other artists or, like, press people or whoever were just like... Why sixty like on the headlining spot or like why sixty's name above so and so, and then uh, just even rumblings like that and it's like okay you must not know me or know right. whatever whatever yeah. and I'm not trying to hold myself on a pedestal or whatever but I don't feel like maybe a lot of the Obers didn't realize how much of the chunk of the crowd there was my family right right right, like, right right you well, realize you like, went on. realize you're coming into like my house homie yeah. so like. Half of these people are friends. Half of these people are my family. These other people are just people that support my music. And I think they've never heard of any of you guys. That's part of one of the things that I think that, um, like when I think about like how do you market, just like marketing ideas, right? Like the reality is that is you said it exactly right. Like this is you're basically having a house party. Yeah, exactly. And you're inviting in some of your favorite artists, some new artists. Artists that I know personally. Right. But it's but it's your house party. Yeah, basically. You know that's what I mean? what, basically, that's so what like it is. So, like, if you go... I'm the common thread between everybody. Yeah, if you go and you're like, oh, why is... It? Like, you don't even get what's what this yeah. is. Like, you think that this is just another stage, 
right? And that's the thing, like, me and Noah were talking about that. Like, how Thopfest is not just another stage. Like, it just isn't. Like, I can tell you living in San Diego, like, like it was, there was people who went, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who just went, like, because they saw it as, like, oh, that's the thing. This, finally something for me. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. finally, like, like the like the lineup is what I want to listen to. It's like it's I could tell that this these like again, there's no way you can look at the lineup and not know that there was like thought put into that. That yeah, was obviously exactly. not randomly picked. And then like back to the lineup and myself and ego and having to humble myself and be like offer opportunity to people that may consider themselves competition or where yeah. we make the same kind of music. We're in the same lane, we're in the same place and like I'm trying to bring you up and it's just like putting you in front of like all the p- people that were there early Yeah, for the most part were, you know, like a big chunk of my people. So it's Absolutely. like, I'm, you know, really giving back to the motherfuckers and like giving people to, like a yeah. spot, like opportunity. And, and I really um, feel like the, and I have to like back, yeah. I'm just, I had to like humble myself because a lot of times like I'll see somebody doing something that I want to do and I'm like, fuck this person or like whatever. But it's like, when it comes time to booking, it's like, nah, this person's working hard. This person's dope. Like, right. I have to swallow my pride and be like, I, I want you to be on my show. Like, right. I'm gonna give you this chance to be in front of these people. And yeah. again, there's a lot of the, a lot of the art opening artists did not bring one per one people one person to like literally support the show or like yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Just showed up, did their thing, and left with fans. And like, I follow up with every act, and I see like, oh, like a handful of my followers all started following you guys after the show and it's like now Absolutely. they're now they're engaging with you and it's like oh, okay cool and it's like i'm not asking for a thank you and like it'd be nice but like maybe one or two of the like opening acts hit me up with low key and was like yo thank you bro like i appreciate why, you like blah not? blah and no i like i'm not making a yeah. deal out of it because like i've already done my research with like mers and pay dues and have heard him talk about it and it's like yo yeah, I've given dudes huge opportunities with pay dues, and I've never asked for nothing back. Motherfuckers, maybe a handful of people have like showed love back and blah blah blah. Yeah, and me, I've always been one of those people. So it was like every time Merz has a local show, I go. Like I don't ask for no guest list shit. Like I'll pay for a ticket. Yeah, buy merch, whatever, because I support you because you put me on the biggest fucking show of my life, right? Bro. And like right, right, I, right. I can never repay that favor. Funny, but now that I got the festival, it's kind of like the way that I'm going to be able to repay them is by booking them. And yeah. like a lot of other artists like that. But in return, like now I'm in his position than he was in. But it's like, again, I have to just ego. I have to humble myself. And it's like, yo, I'm going to offer this opportunity and I don't expect you to give me anything back yeah. ever. You kind of hope here, for the best. I'm, I don't have much. I yeah. don't have a huge fan base, but I got a solid fan base. Yeah. And if I could share this with you because I know you're dope. Fuck it. Here we go. This is yeah. what the festival is. Do you, do those people like? Do you feel like those people are like? What's the what? Why? Like, why do you think they don't take the Artists? opportunity? Yeah, from what you've seen, you've done it two years in a row now. You've had uh, there has to be artists that have fallen into that category both years, right? Like where they may not have understood like the importance yeah. or the opportunity for itself, right? Why do you, what do you think that is mostly? Especially year one that mm-hmm. people didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Like a lot of people were like, oh, it's at that venue. Like it's going to be inside. They didn't know we were going to put a big ass stage outside. Right, and right, this right. year they didn't know it was going to be a level bigger. Yeah. But now people are knowing, like, like you said, we're the industry small, especially locally. And our yeah. words around, it's kind of like now a lot of artists are hitting me up low key or hitting up the festival like big artists and like, yo, what's good? Right, what you got right, going right, right. on over here? Like, because like you said, if there's not these little pockets of festivals or events booking these artists, yeah, they don't they're, have any they're gonna, place to go. They're going to disappear, you know? Yeah. But, do, you th- do you think that most artists, like give some advice to like an artist who may be in that position, right? They get They get put in that position as far as like, you're being given an opportunity. Sure, you might not have a headlining spot or your name might not be big on the, the flyer, but you're in this situation that, let's be honest, there's thousands of people who would trade spot trade with you. Thousands, right? Like thousands, literally thousands of people who were envious of just people who were on that thing. What What is the best way to handle a booking like that? 
Like, if you luck out and you get a spot like that, what's the best way? Just build. Build with the staff. Build with myself. Build Mm -hmm. with the people throwing the event. Build with the other artists. Build with the press. Yeah. Follow up with the fans. Go talk to the fans. Like, interviewing Greaves when he was, like, uh, talking about his very first tour that he got to go on with Atmosphere, he was like, yo, I wasn't kicking it backstage with these guys every show. I was outside in the front meeting every person that was at the show. And yeah. he's all, that's how I built my fan base. He's like, I didn't hand out 10,000 CDs. He said, I had 10,000 conversations at these shows. And he's all, I got back and I had 10,000 fans because I had these 10,000 conversations. And yeah. that, it really stuck with me when he said that because like someone recently asked me like, bro, how do you still get like 100 likes on Facebook? Mm-hmm. And I was like, my brother asked me that. And then I was like, yo, 10 years of touring, I've met fucking thousands of people, have right. thousands of conversations, and we're friends on Facebook. Right, 100 so all is these, just a small percentage the, yeah, of who exactly. you've actually all, met. All these people, like, I could go through them and just right. be like, yo, I met this person in France, I yeah. met this person in Poland, I met this person in New York, and they fucked with my music, I got off the stage and talked to them, added them on Facebook, and now they support my shit yeah. for life. Like, I was surprised how many people came from out of town for the show, just because off the strength we that met they, some people from they follow me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, it was cool. It had to feel good. I, I mean, at least it felt good for me to watch this. Like, definitely um, when people started chanting for you, you know what I mean? I didn't even hear that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for real. Like, it was for real. I read it. Like, I read it in the magazine Oh, in uh, the uh, Music Connection. Music Connection. Yeah, 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 I yeah. read it. I was like, people started chanting. Maybe I was... Too busy running around, yeah, yeah. trying to get after you. Probably and didn't blue even, and shit. Like yeah. I, I didn't hear no chant, but like, yeah, it was dope. Crazy. And then when you went on, like it was super obvious. Like, yeah, no, crowd, I just you know? I I like prior I seen people all scrambled. Like prior to that, like yeah. everyone was kind of scrambled. But then I seen like right after like Noah's the the common ground, yeah. and it's like when I was about to come on, I seen everybody coming into the stage, and I was like, that's what let me know, like. And I started looking at the faces, and then even after, like, I'm looking at pictures, and I'm, like, looking at the people in the crowd. I'm yeah. like, bro, like, a hundred of these people are my people, you know what I mean? Still drink your coffee and smoke your vapor in the morning. And after all these years, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Because we've been down this road. At the end of the road, there's a cliff. breath love ain't got none left i'm tired of the stress i wish you the best heavy drunk mess takes us back another step and if you settle for less then that's what you get i'm tired of these games and calling you had a name no relationship is perfect i'm sure you felt this pain and i know you feel the same so i wrote this out of van and before i go insane i'm gonna catch this plane i'm gone Still drink your coffee and smoke your vapor in the morning And after all these years, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Cause we've been down this road At the end of the road there is a cliff I'm still healing from what we both did What am I doing here? What am I doing here? I'm ready to leave, we've been down this street I hate your fake kisses that taste so bittersweet Back to back, every night's the way that we sleep Can't see how to eye, and we hardly ever speak You tell me to go, but then you don't let me Your heart's so cold and mine's so empty You left me before, cause I ain't have a penny more Downs and ups, we ain't never kept it steady, love Still drink your coffee and smoke your vapor in the morning And after all these years, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it speaks volumes, bro. Like, it's um, it's like I told you, dude. Like, I was, like, just super proud to watch, like... I think it's super important for people to be able to have examples of, like, real execution. Yeah. Right? Like... Because I think until, for most people anyways, I think until they see that, it's it's hard to believe. Yeah. Right? It's sure. super hard to believe, like, 
oh, I could do a festival. You're just like, come on, man. Like, there's no way. Even you talking about it, breaking a, it down. I just wrote a song shit. about that. It's funny, yeah? but yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's <laughs> that shit, it's real, right? Like, it's, we we were talking about the, um, what was it, the the War of Art, right? Yeah, yeah, the the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, right? So he, he wrote this book, and for people who haven't read it, like, I just started reading it again. This is my third time. And it's never made more sense to me, dude. Like, you should definitely, I'm going to send you the link, because where you're at career-wise, I don't think it would ever be more relevant. Because it's such a, it really talks about, like, the struggle of resistance and what resistance actually is, right? Like, yeah. resistance is, is simply a dishonesty. It's simply, like, you you are, are yeah, you not realizing like your true direction, what you should be doing. And it also talks to you about like how resistance can act like a compass, really. If you're feeling the most resistance in a certain area, it's most likely that that's the area that you should be going to, right? And then resistance always increases towards a finish line. It's all races are designed that way, yeah. right? And it's just a human, it's human nature. And he just talks about how like no matter what, People will come up with an excuse for the easier solution, and most of the time, that's like the most wrong solution. Yeah, right. It's the easy one. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's too easy. You know what I mean? It's actually you're normally cheating yourself and somebody else, at least one other person, when you're taking the easiest thing, right? Because it because life just doesn't work like that. We've just been led to believe like things should be easier. Right. Because we don't see the beauty in the work. It's also patience. Right, right, right. Well, and that's a thing, right? Like patience is a killer because patience isn't pretty. Like patience isn't a yeah. beautiful thing that you're like, oh, I can't wait to have patience. Like it's like, fuck, patience. Everybody's like that, right? That's, fuck, that's been patience. like that's been like my lesson in life. Yeah. Like early coming into the game, everyone was like, yo, it's going to take 10 years. Yeah. People like overnight success takes 10 years. Other people like you want to make it in the industry takes 10 years and yeah. I it never really made sense to me but like as I'm approaching those 10 years and it's like damn it, it it's really it, it makes sense you know and then it's like looking at the festival that's a whole nother 10 years yeah so I'm like we're barely going into year three and it's like not necessarily starting over because I'm at year eight nine of my own career which right. adds to you know time into the festival yeah shit, but that's kind of just adding to the preparation because now it's year one year two year three or whatever yeah. but it's all patience like i'm already planning for you know festival 10 yeah and it dude it's um i can tell you like i and i strongly agree with what you said like one of the things that i've definitely become like has become second nature for me is when dealing with anybody in any type of partnership right um i don't judge on like like people I think people um, romanticize the talent part because most people are working on their talent the majority of their career. But you have to understand, like, if you're at any level of success within the industry, talent is no longer it's that's not a conversation that's happening. Everyone there should be talented. That's not we're not debating talent anymore. Right. What I what I measure it now on is durability. Yeah. How much is can can this person put in ten years? Do I see it right now already? Can I already see this person's ready for ten years? Yeah. Are are is there some soft parts about this person that you know you know in the storm they're gonna buckle? Because if I'm making and the and it's what I do business wise is I invest sweat equity and money in individuals, right? So. Like I just said this the other day, like nobody fucking invests in like a in an unstable business. So your emotional attitude, the things you look at, that's super important to me. Yeah. It needs to be stable because if it's not stable, I'm not putting any money <laughs> on it because then I'm a bad investor. You know what I mean? It kind of like to me, it's kind of like the old phrase: the the cream of the crop rises to the top. And yeah. like I always wondered, like, oh, is that just talent? And a lot of the times, it's not. It's just the people that last. You know, it's the people that, that people that are here ten years later and have ten years of experience, relationships, and all that yeah. shit. You know, you're you're the one that gets it, it's, Ta and that's the cream of the crop. Talent, like um, like bio biological gifts, um, don't stand the test of time because biologically. 
everything's dying, right? Yeah. And then talent, if you're born with that, it's hard to harden yourself because you take already, it for granted. Yeah, because you already have it. It's almost impossible, actually. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to have um, like adverse situations in order to do that, right? Like you don't build muscle without putting up weight. There's no way around that. There's no possible way you're going to cheat that, right? And even if you start to try to cheat it, we all know what happens. Yeah. It's not like a mystery, right? Like you literally have to cheat forever yeah. or you'll lose it all. And, that, and then that becomes a whole nother game and you're not doing it for the whole reason that you started for in the first place, right? Nope. So it's like, it is this struggle. And I've seen you like, dude, honestly, man, I feel like you've, You've dealt with this in a very, like, I don't know if it's hard, uh, for lack of better description, right? Like, there's a class to how you do shit, right? Because I've seen you, I've seen you tested, I've seen you put into situations, may not go your way. I've seen you also have big wins. I've seen you, like, and how you come out on the other end is always the same way that you went in. Yeah. Right? And so... I think what people take for granted with that type of attitude is they think that that comes naturally, that it didn't take work to be able to process that and still come out like <laughs> take, without losing losses. your mind. Yeah, taking huge losses, right. bro, like falling on your face. You got to be able to, you know, it's not, it's not about how hard you could hit. It's about how hard you could get, it, get hit and get, get back, back up, up, you know, yeah. like been things even this year, like for as much as I've, this year has probably been one of the best years of my life as far as music wise mm -hmm. from touring with apathy and the touring with elza yeah. and then the festival and getting on festivals and all that shit but like and the relationships behind the scenes yeah there's yeah, yeah. tons of shit has gone yeah. on this year this year has been amazing and that's why i wanted to get on the podcast because i haven't even been able to catch up with like my own shit you yeah. know so it's like i wanted to be able to catch up with everything but yeah. like um i fell on my face this year heavy like uh at Soundset, uh -huh. I was there on friday and every year sway does like a sway in the morning and he lets people rhyme and yeah. shit and it's kind of like a, they'll give you a random beat. And like I, I was like there and then I was like, yeah, fuck this. And then I just walked away and then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go back. And then uh, like I went on or whatever, gave me a whack ass beat, like horrible fucking whack ass beat. Yeah, right? yeah. In front and, of uh, Sway. Yeah, in front yeah, of, yeah. Not in front of Sway, in front of the uh, owner of Rhyme Sayers, yeah. in front of uh, a lot of people were in the building. Yeah. It's like industry and fan-wise and other artists, you know? And, like, there was people getting booed off stage. There was Sway was cutting people off. Um, they would, like, say, pass the mic. There was, like, people like that. Luckily, like, I did my thing. Like, I went on. I got through my verse. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. Yeah. But it was just not what I wanted to present to Sway and the owner of Rhyme Sayers and yeah. all these other industry cats that are in the building. It wasn't my best foot forward. And right. after years of being in front of these people and telling them like yo i'm i'm nice bro yeah, like, yeah, yeah they give me this opportunity and not being able to be at my best it really hurt like i was like fuck luckily like i was able to have fun that weekend and make other relationships yeah. and then make another impression on sway through uh talking to him or whatever but I, that shit hurt bro like to this day i'm like fuck man like i hope they don't remember me <laughs> like shit like that wow but um yeah that hurt you know what is the what Okay, so talk to people because, dude, I mean, I think everyone can relate to that in their life somehow. Like, is what is it in you that no longer well, – okay, first, was there a time where that would have, like, really, really floored you? Like, where you just didn't want to do anything or – Probably. Yeah. What What is it in you now that – you go to sleep that night and then go like fuck. I gotta get. I gotta go back to it. Like, what is it? Like, like what did you like build a, up? Like artists, we get good at. I mean, it's probably one of our insecurities, but we get good at bad situations. Yeah. Just like especially yeah. from being on tour, I've been through it all, bro. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like I've been in the best of best situations and the worst of worst situations. So for me, it's it's just become like you have a bad show, you gotta just rub it off and yeah. go, go to the next one. You know? Yeah. It, it it's interesting because I was uh thinking about this this morning right because i was, I was talk, thinking about this podcast and coming up and talking and i was like i was like yo i haven't i because i haven't really gotten to talk to this audience in, in in a while consistently right like we've been doing so much building at platform collection if anything's taken a hit it's been crappy awesome and um so 
I think like I was like, yo, I want to tell everybody that man, everything is good right now. Like it's a beautiful thing. Like I'm su- this is like the happiest I've been in a very long time. But it's super important that people understand how little that takes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for me, it, like when I really think about the situation cuz I was like, man, like I was I woke up this morning, I had a dope show last night. I was like, man, I haven't had a wax show in a long time. I feel super grateful. And I don't mean like my performance necessarily. I'm just talking about the show itself is always like there's people there. Yeah. There's like it's it's a good show. I haven't had a bad one in a long time. That's one of the reasons I stopped doing a lot of shows yeah. just because it'd be so hit and miss and be like, oh, this show, this shit was like, oh, this shit was like, and getting hit once, getting hit twice, three times a month, it's like, nah, I'm good, well, bro. Like that shit hurts your and that's, everything. <laughs> that's what that's what I I stopped and tried to remind myself this morning, like, yo, like that's literally like not the norm. Yeah, this is just a cool streak because right before this. There's like five horrible shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, not to fool myself and be like, oh, okay, like, oh, everything's good now, because this isn't. No, everything's not good, yo. Like, literally, yo, what was that? Did you just hear about that uh, Ashanti shit? Fifty Cent went in on Ashanti for like, she sold twenty five tickets Damn. at this fucking club in her hometown. Damn. It's Ashanti. She got. She still has platinum hits, right? And then he he bought 200 tickets at a Jaw Wool concert, that one. right? To Pay. try to keep it, yeah, yeah, crazy shit, right? But it made me think, like, fuck, like that shit never ends, dog. Like it, it never ends. Like to you the, have to just to understand yeah, that yeah. that's just part of it. So if you're banking everything on that, like, oh, I'm just gonna feel good every single night because everyone's gonna love me every single night. Yeah. If somebody comes and is even talking that way, I usually know they're not ready. You know I mean, mean, being especially touring with like bigger artists now, like I've seen like people that I think they're like, oh yeah, they'll, they'll pull out a crowd, and it's like, oh shit, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> what's going on here? And not yeah. every night's good. And another thing that hurts is nights where it's a good show, but then you have a bad performance, right? And, right. Like, it's on equal, lap, it's almost worse. Uh, yeah, that it, that shit hurts. <laughs> yeah. That shit, like with if the show's packed and you perform yeah. and nobody comes up to yeah, you, like that's so rare. That you're shit like, hurts, bro. I want to like, hit a home um, run right now. It was cool, but like on this tour with Elsa, I I got to see that because like I was tour managing too, so I'm I'm driving, I'm staying up late, I'm getting up before everybody, and I got to make sure everything's on point. So my business head was going, and I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. So a lot of the times, like I'd be driving for fucking six hours. Then I'd have to shower, get to sound check, set up, fucking all that, and then still perform and then make sure all the money's right and all that shit. Like, it would affect my performance. And, like, I'd be performing and I'd be like, yo, sorry, guys, I'm tired. <laughs> like, I got to do my thing. And I would see it and it'd be like, fuck. And then there'd be other days where um, I'd be rested and I'd, my energy's good. I'd fucking kill it. I'd kill it on merch. I pe- Everybody in the show would yeah. come up. People like everything starts taking to click, pictures. right? Yeah, and then it, it made me realize how much energy and, and just your vibe and everything just has a tool on your performance because I was doing the same songs every night. Yeah. But it was just like how I was doing them was different and whether I was tired or, or not tired yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, you know, the, the longer we've worked in this industry, the more understanding and empathetic I've become to... Um, touring acts yeah and and the stories that you hear like backstage where you're like oh you know this person has to have this 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 and this because it's literally been years of not in the making yeah yeah yeah. or like they know what gets them in that vibe yeah 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 exactly and you're like this is what i do for a living like right most people are not going to understand the whole energy part of it i know exactly what you're talking about like if you do that for a living and you already know if I feel this way, I do better. It affects my bottom line. I need to keep that energy no matter what. So they start eliminating people who don't mix with that energy. Like yeah. you hear all the stories, right? Like, oh, as soon as he got on, like, you know, he stopped hanging out. I'm more empathetic to know now, like, there's probably another part of that story, right? Like, you don't have to cut everybody off, but for sure, the more successful you become. If you don't tighten up that circle, shit can get crazy, right? I, I was yeah. talking to Kali about this last night. Um, he, you know, he he does promotions out of San Diego. He runs Hip Hop House in San Diego, and he's scaling up 
And I'm like, it's super important that we we put the brakes on a little bit, slow down, look around, and really cut off any fat that still might be there. Yep. Because it's going to get harder to do that when you go from 10 staff to 20 staff to 40 to 50. At that point, you're going to have to understand people are going to fall through that shouldn't be there. Yeah. And you're just trying to minimize that number. Right, like you just don't want to have too many of those. You're gonna have those no matter what, but you got to minimize that number, and that becomes part of your job. Like you have to do that. And I think what ends up happening with a lot of people, especially in this culture, right? Like, um, they hold on to people for too long yeah. for no apparent reason other than it makes them feel comfortable or, or money or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you just know that that's like a doomed situation. Right. I've seen it like like overseas or especially talking to like managers or agents or whatever when like people say when I was just in Europe this summer with, mm-hmm. with uh, Devin the Dude or whatever, Talib and at most Dev. Yeah. They don't even travel together. Like we got to the hotel and Talib was there and he's like, Oh yeah, Moses on the train or Moses in a car, like I came on the train and it's like they have separate uh dressing rooms too and it's wow. like they they only see each other on stage, and yeah. then the same thing with uh, Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Like they kind of hate each other, but yeah. when it comes to the performing and money, and they have to make a living, so they got to do these shows together. But yeah. like they don't, they energy they don't vibe together, you Dude. know. And like the West Coast tour with Elzai, he had told me because they had a we didn't know who was gonna do the East Coast with them. So then they told me like at the end of the West Coast tour, like I had a conversation with L, and he was basically like, yo. The energy's right, and he's off. It was wrong. Like we, you wouldn't be going to the East Coast with us. But he's all everything. You know, everything's making sense. Yeah. And then, like, I had having plenty of conversations with him from with Dilla and Slum Village, and like him telling me about why Slum Village fell apart. And like, there's been big festivals, like we'll just say Coachella, like big festivals yeah. that have been offered huge money for like a Slum Village reunion. But he's just like the energy's not right. So I won't do it. Yeah. And he's. Not in the best position, you know. He's he's great and he's yeah. He's in you know he's living comfortably and all that. But like you know, Slum Village is like a legendary act, and they'll they're offer big checks for that. And he's not willing to fuck you know, up his vibe. conform. Yeah, he's like you know what, fuck the money. He's yeah. like I'm I'm more concerned about my well being and it should be right. Yeah, because chasing like, the money doesn't that's not the key. That shit made so much sense to yeah. me. It's like damn, you know, I, I had to look at him like a whole different way. You know, it's like. I mean, I like, yeah, I definitely get it, dude. Like now, when I hear stories like about like, oh, so and so's person is difficult, right? You always yeah. hear that. I'm like, most likely, what's happening there, right, is that they're working at such a high level of productivity. It's going to be hard for most people to understand that and take the attitudes that come with that, right? Yeah. Like it's, it, uh, dude. My hats off to the people who are like we were talking about Greaves just. Him being like a class act, right? Like, I respect that double as much because he doesn't have to do that, right? He he can say it it affects his bottom line if he doesn't do that, but he'll find he can juice it for a while and fucking treat people like we know people yeah. who treat people like shit and they still get booked and they still get booked, right? Like, there's a way you can do that. It's not I I don't bet that those people are like that happy. In fact, I know they're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're usually a mess. But I respect it double because that he doesn't have to do that. And then when he does do that, it's a it is a very cool understanding that like yo, he sees a bigger picture here. It, he I feel is, like it uh, it adds to your value too. It absolutely does. It, he understands his bottom line increases if people like to have him around. Yep. In fact, people will get booked. This is for sure, and this is a really hard thing. I, I've tried to explain this to a few young artists. Over this past week, that um, one of the things you have to reckon with as an artist, and you have to be okay with it. This is you understanding who you are and what you need, like what type of approval you need other than your own, right? Is that when you become a professional artist, you're going to have to understand that even when you do get booked, sometimes that most of the time that has nothing to do with your talent. And if you're in this only to get recognition, like you, I, I just want I want so and so to think that I'm dope, or I'm you know this person to to feel that I'm the best. That is because of the way the market is, right? That's not a logical thing to do, simply because that's not how the market works at all. 
It's not even how the industry works, right? Like, I've known enough people, shit, you being a, a great example of this. I've learned a lot about watching you go on tour and how important it is for people to not just respect you as an artist, but just to respect you as a person yeah. because of those things that you were talking about earlier, that being out on the road, you'll have those nights. Who do you want to be around during those bad nights? You want to be around the, the asshole exactly. who's, who's a dick, or do you want to be around somebody who's going to be empathetic of the situation, understand, not add to the situation? Basic, know? like, sales fundamentals. Like, any yeah. sales courses you take, they'll tell you that people are more likely to buy something off of you if they like you. Yeah. If they don't like you, they're not going to work with Sometimes you. Sometimes they'll buy it just because they like you. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of time. Yeah. And then uh, going off of that, uh, yeah, I knew my mom was going to go blank right there. <laughs> That's your age, man. You're getting, uh, up, you're getting shit. up That's the weed, whatever. <laughs> I, I got kicked in the head too many times. But um, oh, no, on top of that, the industry is small, and yeah. you're going to see these people again, especially the people that are in it for the long haul. Yep. You're going to be you seeing know, them for a long yeah, so, time in different say, positions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they always say the story, like, don't be a dick to the intern because the day he becomes the owner, he's going to be a dick to you. Yep. And like – um. Hip hop, especially a niche hip hop, underground, independent, yep. backpack, whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it, is super small. So I was just, I was on tour in April with, with Apathy and Self Titled. Yeah. We did certain markets. We did like Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago, blah, 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 Buffalo, all these different markets, right? Come to find out, fast forward a couple months, I'm going back to some of these same markets with Elzai, and guess who's the promoter? The same dude I just met that booked Apathy. Wow. As soon as I get there, it's a hug. It's love. What up, yeah. 60? Good to see you back here. I've been watching you fucking since I met you a couple months ago. Yeah. Guess what? When we went to Detroit, the exact same promoter. When we go to Buffalo, it's a different promoter. But guess who's helping? Guess who's stage manager? The guy that booked us a couple months before. Wow. And like Elza, I was tripping because they were like, yo, how do you know these dudes? I was like, I was just on tour and it's the same. It's the same market. It's the same circuit. Like... Not everybody, like I just said, there's yeah. less there's uh less people booking tribe than there is brain surgeons. So it's like once you get there's only X amount of people in Chicago booking this kind of hip hop. There's yeah. only X amount of people in wherever booking this. So we're all gonna meet eventually. If you, you know what? If you're doing your thing in your industry, yeah. you're gonna meet all the people doing the yeah. thing in the industry. That's one hundred percent true, dude. And I think it's important, especially for young artists, right? Like I know that in this culture right now, in just society, there's a lot of weight placed on faking it till you make it, right? And I think that people throw it out too loosely, right? Like, there's a level of acting as if you are in the role that you'd like to be in, right? But there's also, I think the part that gets skipped over is what Sixty was just talking about is if you're trying to build up an image, right, and it's based on faulty foundation. It is going to be almost impossible for you to fool anyone who actually knows what they're doing, yeah. which are the people that you actually want to know. So you're killing yourself from the jump. I, it has been a ton of times. Dude, I, uh, you know what? I'll use an example here. Uh, I, I, an artist hit me up one time, and you know it's the same shit you've heard millions of times. I can do this. I want to do this. I'm the next big thing, blah, 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 blah. And then I go, okay, cool. And then they starts talking about touring, starts talking about touring with people that I know you toured with. And I was like, oh, for real? Oh, you, hey, do you know so-and-so and so-and-so? Nah. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I'm not going to be like, I'm not there to blow anybody up, yeah. but I'm damn sure vetting my everybody that I talk to. And if I go like, yo, oh, you're in this area. Do you know 60 East? And you don't. Okay, so then at least I know you're not at the level I, I want to be talking to. Yeah. Right? That's a real thing. <laughs> I have this I have real this new, thing. I have this new thing. I was uh I'm gonna go by, but it was like if if you haven't been in the game for ten years yet, if you haven't been in the game for ten years, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's real true. Like though. I only want to talk to people from ten years and up now. Yeah, because there there is and like I said, uh, I, I tell you guys this if you're artists, please like don't it is better to be honest. I, I can tell you this. If you're finding, if you're, say, like trying to get positioning next to somebody who is successful and respected, know that they know that there's less importance on what you have and there's more importance on what you can do. So lead with that. Yeah. Like, don't lead with what this is what I have, 
right? Like lead with here's the value I can bring to the situation. All that other shit can be negotiated. All that other shit can be talked about. And and trust me, it's almost better when that shit becomes organic because they fuck with you because of the type of person you are and the work you do. And then they find out that you're dope. Dude, you're like your spot is secure at that point. There's a I forgot what A and R was, but there's a famous A and R and his thing that he would always ask people that he didn't know would be like the question he would ask is like, so why should I know you? Yeah. And he's like, you got one sentence. Tough, why why should tough. I know you? Yep. That's a very it's tough like, one. Uh, a lot of people it, can't answer I had that. just posted on Twitter like yesterday or something. It was like, I said, know what you bring to the table and don't be afraid to remind people. Yeah. It's super important. Yeah. It's, and that, that so you know where your value is and right. you know, if you know what you bring to the table, then you know what you need from everyone else, you know? Yeah. Like I, um, one of the, one of the policies that we've always done when dealing with like like business and platform collection, like one of the things I, I like to tell people all the time when I'm first starting to work with them is like, it is okay. It, the, here's one of the values that I know I bring to the table. You can tell me where the holes are in your boat and I'm not telling anybody else because I understand that one, that's something you're sharing with me, but two, it's important that you tell me where the weaknesses are in your boat because this is this is the type of business I run. I might just fill those holes for you if I can. And then you didn't have to trick anybody. You didn't have to fucking say anything. You didn't have to like fake it till you make it. You could have just said, hey, here's this thing. You know what I mean? And I yeah. can say, yo, well, why don't we trade for this? Or it's but if you come in and you're like, I have no holes in my shit, my shit is the tightest, dude. We're gonna put that to the test. And we're going to find out in 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. It's going to be super easy to find those things out. Because all you need is a one hole, and I know there's more. That's just the way it works. Because yep. if I got holes, I know for sure you got holes, because I Ooh, never heard of you. Everybody got holes. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, what's what's coming up with music? Yeah, man, I got a project with the Feel the Pain coming out. That's the Freeway Series, Volume 3. Volume um, 3, damn. Yeah, Volume 3. Yeah. After that. Uh, I'm dropping some videos to the Circles project that I did with Ariana recently. Nice. We got videos coming to the that's Freeway one of my, Series That's 3. one of my favorite projects from 60. Check that out, please. After after the project with Phil, um, I think I'm going to maybe my album, my next album, or my uh, project with Curtis. Oh, that's um, right. I got, I got projects stacked and yeah. like I just is I got that off this, the bag? Uh, is that that's an exclusive? No, well, I mean I, I said it on the last podcast. Did, with but the it's Curtis? Like, it's none of it's recorded, but it's yeah. all written. It's uh, we got like it's just like an EP, so it's like five songs that are written already. But I just need to record it and put it out. Uh, the EP with Phil, I just same thing. I just we're just tightening it up, and then that's gonna come out. Uh, I got an album coming out after all that and touring. Um, I assume how's your touring schedule looking? For November, December, I'm chilling. Yeah. Uh, I'm like now unofficially the official tour manager for mm-hmm. like Elzai. So yeah. when whenever he goes somewhere, that I also go with him. Dope. But uh, as far as myself, like I wanted to use these next couple months, especially since we're r- moving the uh, time frame of the festival to early next year. Mm-hmm. I wanted to use this time to start booking that and then just finish my music project. So as soon as next year starts, it's just release, release, release. And um one of the reasons I wanted to move the festival to March was because typically, you know, November to February is like the slow time for the right. industry or whatever. And I wanted to be able to do all the booking and all the curating and all yeah. that shit when I'm not touring, you know, because right. like this year, throwing the festival in October all summer when I was on tour, I yeah. was booking the festival and like that was double the work. So I just wanted to like be smart about everything and like, OK, this is the time when I'm usually just working on music or whatever. Yeah. In the cave. So I could use this time to focus on the festival. So after March, it's like I got the rest of the year just to focus on myself until next November Dope. or whatever. So that's kind of like I'm framing my life like that. I'm assuming you'll be back. Well, you'll probably be back to, to promote the music and then we'll get an announcement about the festival. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll probably be back like in March or something. Nice. Yep. Nice. All right, brother. All man, right, man, thank you for catching up, bro. Seriously, yep. bro. Very proud of you. Uh, I've Good seen look. I've seen it from the beginning. It, I will always be somebody who vouches for you because it's it's super evident on what you've done and how hard it's been. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've seen you through ups and downs. I've seen you deal with the law. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like hopefully, a, no more of that. No more of that. No, no, no. Definitely no more of that. <laughs> and uh, man, yeah. Good luck with the festival, man. It's gonna be dope, guys. Follow everything Sixty yep. East does uh, at Sixty East. Um, is it just at Sixty East? Yeah, yeah. On right? Instagram, yeah, it's at Sixty East. That's it. Uh, go there. Follow that. If you're listening to this on any of the platforms um, where you find podcasts, go over to platformcollection.com. And you'll find his links as well as uh, be able to search his music throughout the the website. You can do that off the front page. So go do that right now. Support 60 East. And uh, he'll be back soon to talk about music. Also, yes, artists yes. looking to get on uh, next year's festival. Oh, a lot of this shit is just being in front of me, like just being having your music in front of me. Follow yes. me, tag me, and shit. Annoy me, like yes. I really want people. I come from a, I campaigned for a year to get on the Pay Dues Festival. Yeah. I fucking made my mom and everybody I know fucking message Murs and, yep. and message them. If you're not doing that to to me to get on this show, then like get out of here, homie. Yeah. I know what it takes. I done what it takes. I you know so right. you're gonna have to impress me, but you know follow me, tag me, uh, whatever you got to do. Like get my attention because a lot of this shit is just being in front of me at the time. And Absolutely, you might just get picked. Yo, and don't send an email and be like, yo, 60 East, you better book me, man, because I'm the dopest. Yeah, don't do that. It's probably not going to happen. you get blocked. There you go, man. A- and probably punched. Yeah, probably punched. <laughs> All right, man. We'll right, talk to you peace. soon. You may now flush this way. Good, cause we done been there before And I really, really would do it again But I think that we better as friends But then again, I'm in love With those vibes you send But in the end, I know It'll never ever work And you're worth more than me I don't wanna see you hurt That's my word, but your words Always make it worse Don't keep her tricks in the sleeves Nah, she keeps them in her purse And I love you, baby Seductive, it's enticing and alluring, and I can't get enough of it. And I love it, and I'm loving this girl so stunning. Love at first sight, you never see it coming. And our dealings got me higher than the sky above the ceiling, and it's killing me to see you got me all up in my feelings. And I want to take you home, but you know that we can't. So I grab her by the hand and say, I hope you understand. Platformcollections.com.